Welcome to track number three on No City Shall Be Too Strong. Are you ready for what God has for us this morning? Keep clapping your hands and let's welcome Ida! One day you'll be singing like Ida. Not like a girl. Be seated. <laughs> Lord, all I ask, all I ask is for you. For 
presence. I want to know your power. Fill me now with more of you. I need to see your glory. I want to know your way. So would you Today, please. 
church, but you have excuses. You've got more and more excuses. Honestly, I don't think that you love me. You know what I think? I think your heart is somewhere else. Because if you loved me, harder now But I have a feeling that I'm waiting I'm just waiting I keep waiting for you to do my will
Hallelujah. Lift your hand and ask God for direction for your life. Amen. Pray for the spirit of direction. Thank you, Lord. Ask God for revelation, for guidance. Ask God for direction. thank you for what you have done already for us. Guide us by your mighty spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. And everyone said amen. amen. You may be seated. Joshua chapter 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake and to Joshua, the son of Nun. All right? And what did he tell Joshua? He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this land. All right? to the land where I give you, to the children of Israel, every place that your foot shall tread upon, I have given it to you. Amen. Is that amazing? Yes. 
So you can see that Joshua's ministry was about possessing the lands for God. It's not that the land was not possessed by human beings, but not the way God wanted the land to be was not the way the land was. So, I believe that God's eternal plan for us is to possess the land for him. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So, the fact that the earth is the Lord's means that we are supposed to enforce that reality. Because if you don't take care, our lives will pass by and the earth will not be the Lord's. Because it's inhabited by devils and by wicked people who don't know God and don't fear God. There's always somebody occupying the land. So in Israel today, they have what they call the occupied territories. And there are territories and that land is important. That's why everybody wants Jerusalem. Because God has his eye on certain places and says, I want this for my purposes. So you'll notice that even though Israel is a small country and there have been conflicts in different places and in different parts of the world, Israel is always in the news. It's a very small country with few people that are fighting themselves all the time, killing themselves, doing all sorts of things. But it's always in the news. That alone should tell you the interest and the significance of that country and the significance of God's interest in his people possessing the land. Because he prophesied and he told them, I will gather you and I will bring you to the land. Years after, 2,000 years after, 1945, 1947, May 14th, he brought them. Are we in 2018? Yes, 1948. That's 50 years. So they are 50 years old. Yeah. In May. That they declared that we are here. And there was 19,000 years. Long, long time went by. And uh, they are back. And uh, they are possessing the land. And they are fighting. And they keep on expanding. And it's now the safest place and most stable, prosperous place place within the Middle East. And when I say Middle East, like it's, it's bordered on all sides by other countries, Arab countries. So it's like it's right with them. It's not like it's a separate group. But they don't, they don't get along at all. If you, have a, if you go to uh, Lebanon, you cannot go to Israel. I mean, if you go to Israel, you cannot go to Lebanon. If you have a stamp in your passport that you've been to, to Israel. Once I was in Beirut, and then they were checking my passport. I, I knew before I went that that's what they were looking for. Whether I, I had been to Israel. Because as, if you've been to Israel before, you would be turned back at the border. All the countries, you'd be turned back. Yeah. I was once in Libya. And... Uh, they told me three things we don't have here. We don't have Christians, we don't have Americans, we don't have Jews here. Yes. And uh, 
If you have a visa or you've ever been to Israel, it's in your passport. They will not allow you to enter Libya. I don't know how it's like now. But at that time, Gaddafi was there. So they arrived there. But the last time I was, I flew out of Tel Aviv, I looked out of the window and I saw like it's like a very modern city. I mean, right in the middle of confusion. It's amazing. So, God has his divine purpose and his divine plan. Now, for us as believers, the world is inhabited by people, but more so by spirits. Do you see? And people who don't believe in God. So, he has also, in our time, right, given us the land and that's our duty to possess the land for Jesus, to preach the gospel, and to make people know God. Right? So, no city will be too strong for us. And no country will be too strong, including Canada. How many people do you have in Canada? 35 million people. Okay. So, nowhere will be too strong. You see, one of the things people don't realize, and it's people who don't travel, what people don't realize is that they, they feel you, are, you become conscious of the problems where you are. But everywhere there are problems. It's either this problem or that problem. But there are problems, serious ones. Serious problems that will prevent anybody from possessing the land. Serious problems. So, a believer cannot afford to focus on the problems. Yeah. So, you cannot afford to do that. You have to decide to focus on the commandments of God. Amen. And whatever the commandment of God says, that's what you must do. So I'm speaking, you know, I can see some young ones here. You have to, you have to be, no, it's not just clapping. It's about obeying. You know, the, the, there are people, many times we don't want to do what he says. We want to sing about it, talk about it, but don't want to do it. So it's time to do what he says. It's time to do what he says. Not just hear it, sing it, clap about it, be happy about it, but to do it. That's what, that's what we need. We need doers. Yeah. You know, one day I went to a church, one of our churches, and when I was going there, people were clapping for me and waving and all. And I told the pastor, I said, all these people are not serious. They are, they are not serious no, I know them. Not that they were clapping. They were. I didn't. I, it's not like waving or clapping. It means you are not serious. But I knew them, and and what I told him that they're just happy, but they they don't they don't do because I know them. You know that's why I I wrote a, 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 a I think I've even written a book. I'm not sure. Uh, called Why Are You Not a Missionary? You see, why are you not a missionary? Yes, because. Because it is uh, 
a command from, from God that we should go. You see, so it's not something we sing. It's something we do. Yes, it's something we do. It's not something we sing. Amen. So I'm saying to some of us who are younger, you must believe God and obey the commandments of God that he, he speaks to you in your heart, in your life. You see? Because if you want to have an open and honest discussion with some of your parents, they will tell you openly that I didn't obey and I didn't believe. Yes. If, you are, if they are open, they will tell you. I didn't obey and I wouldn't believe. And if you are a good parent, that's what you, you, should, you should do. You see, when I was praying for my, my son during his wedding, I basically prayed one prayer that what I couldn't achieve, may he achieve it. And what I couldn't attain to, may he attain to. Because if you be honest, honesty only will let you say, I have not attained to certain things. And I haven't attained to certain things. I haven't achieved certain things. Not even achieved. Attained. I think attained is a better word. Because of an achievement, you, you would think it's like uh, maybe something you accomplish. But I'm talking about attaining, getting to a certain level. Yes. And every honest parent will would, first of all, know what you have not attained to. And hope and pray and help your children to attain to certain things. And also to have things you didn't have. Yes. I mean, I can see one of the things that has motivated me even for my own little biological children is that certain things that I didn't have at certain times of my life, I realize that I want them to have it. Yeah, it's natural. Well, it's not natural for everybody. Some people feel that since I suffered, you also suffer. <laughs> what I've suffered, you, you suffer too. That is the mind of some people. Are you with me? So, an evil mind, do you see, is a mind which focuses on the reasons why you can't obey the word of God. The cities are walled, the giants are there, and the people are strong. Right? So, when God is sending you to the mission field, anywhere, right? One of the reasons is, one of the, re one of the things that is real about it is that you, you say, it is dangerous. What will, my life is, go my life going to be destroyed. You see, I'll be poor. I will suffer. This has been the unfortunate thinking of many people who have been privileged to come to America. Pastor Larry, you can come. Have people who have been privileged 
to come to America and Canada and Europe. But especially places where you are not behaving like, where you, you are not a refugee. But a lot of Africans in Europe are a kind, a kind of refugees. So they don't rise very high. You see, but here, you realize that you are able to do something to a point. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So, that mind is an evil mind. It's an evil mind because you, you don't only do something because you don't have options. I'll say it again. You don't only do something because you don't have options. Because I don't have any option than to be in Africa. I'm going to Africa to serve God. You get what I'm saying? It's like they come and they say, oh, uh, go out. You are not from here. Go to where you came from. Then you go. I say, oh, God has sent me to where I've been sent. That's not, that is not obedience. You see, it's like a good woman in a, in a good marriage is not seen before marriage. Before marriage, a lady, most of the time, are desperate by the curse which has been placed upon them that your desire shall be for, your, for the man. It's a punishment. So they are, they are desirous of a man. Strongly driven. That can never tell you how a person is. How is she really? And I'm talking of Christian marriages. I'm talking of Christian marriages. Unbeliever marriage is different. Unbeliever marriage have different parameters altogether. So remember, this is a context. You see, if you don't bring your mind to the Christian context, you never do well. Because if you take an unbeliever, they don't need to marry. They don't, they don't marry, have girlfriend, this, whatever. One day, when they're around 40 or whatever, they say, oh, let me settle down and so on and all that. that. But we are not unbelievers. We, we are Christians. We, we, we can't do those things. So, our lives are different. Boys, both boys and girls. Right? So, be, both before you marry, there's a Christian version. When I was in medical school, I mean, all around you see the girlfriends, everybody with his girlfriend in the hostel, they spend the night. They go, you are going to bath, you see a girl, there's a boy's place, but you go and see, see a girl bathroom. That, that, every, the, all the un, unbelievers, but I was a believer. I could not do that. I could not do that. So, when it was time to marry, I have to marry early. Because in my context, the world is different. I'm in the Christian world. In the same way, when you, marry, when you are married, you have unbelievers' marriages and Christian marriages. Unbelievers' marriages, the man is on top. He does whatever he wants. He's not restrained by anything. So, he can do whatever he wants. And usually, the woman is oppressed. That has led to all these fights for women. So that is the usual situation. She is the underdog in that kind of marriage. But when it comes to the Christian marriage where that's now I'm moving to the Christian realm where now the man is very committed. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never do anything. Never do anything. Then it reverses. It's true. Then you have another. So that's why I, every time you hear me preach I'm talking of the Christian version of things. Not Everything. 
So it's, 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 only, it's only a sex section. I hope you understand what I'm saying. You cannot know her behavior before marriage. I mean, usually you can know somehow, but you can't really tell. Because, because after, when they have everything you have, that's when we see who you are. It's the same thing in the ministry. When you have everything you have, that's when we see your Christianity. So I have now marital citizenship. I have green card. I have Canadian what? I have money. I, have, I can be in America. I can be here. I can be here. That's when we see who you are. Oh yeah, before that when you are not going to say, God, Jehovah, Jehovah, yeah, Jesus, I need you, God. Oh God, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, God. When you have everything, that's when we will see who you are. When you have money, when you have this, when you have this, when you have this, that is when we will see who you are. That is why you have some of the worst wives are married to pastors. Now, you read my book, The Beauty, The Beast, and The... Yeah, you see, they're all there. Describe when the pastor's wife read it, they realize that oh, 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 They are shocked that somebody, somebody's not afraid to write about them. Yeah, they are they are surprised that somebody's not afraid to write about them and to describe them. Yeah. How they behave at home under the veil. When they remove their wigs and look like boys. They look like ow- owls, owls. We wonder the creature who is in the house. Who is this? I love the teaching. It's true. So, saying you love God, you are this, you are this, you are that, it's like a song. It is where you now, I don't need to live in Congo. I can live in Houston. I can live in Orlando. I can live in Toronto. I can live in Vancouver. I choose to live in Congo. To serve God. That's when we really see... You, you've been bounced a US visa. You've been bounced visa to Belgium. You have been bounced a German visa. You have been bounced UK visa. Then you say, God has sent me to Congo. Are you listening to me? Amazing. So, what I'm talking about, I'm just saying this because, you see, I don't preach to um, imaginary things. 
I'm talk to, I want to talk about real things. And that's why I'm saying that every parent will truthfully say, I have not attained to certain things. Amen. And every child should know that you are destined to be an improvement on whatever your parents was. You see, in Ghana, when, I, when we were going to school, I remember when we were in university, first year, with Bishop Saki and so on, a fridge. Do you know a fridge? What do you call it here? Refrigerator? Refrigerator? Is that how you say? Fridge? All right. Fridge, does it work here? I'm not a Canadian, so I don't know what you say. A fridge was a special thing. Yes, a fridge was a special thing. In Ghana, I'm talking of Ghana. And Bishop Saki had one. Yes. Yes, he had one. And it was like something wonderful. He came to school with it. Yes. People didn't have fridges. You get it? But today, you can, with 200 CDs, I don't know how much is it, $50, you can get a fridge. Everybody has a fridge. Everybody. The children, almost many of the students have cars. Yeah, you go to the new car parks full. Students have cars. This one's a car, this one's his car, this one is car. All the children have cars. Yes. So the, the children's lives are like a higher version or an improved version where it was a special thing for us to have a fridge. You get what I'm saying? Oh, even phones, like fridge, I'm talking about uh, my, those days. It was a special thing. Today, it is nothing. You are in your room, there's a fridge there. Everybody has one. It's an improved version. And you, must, you mustn't say, because I didn't have a fridge, there is no need for you to have a fridge in your room in the, in the university. You are an oppressor. You are an oppressor. Why should your child not have a fridge? Because you didn't have one. No, I don't think so. And in the same way, when it comes to spiritual things, and when it comes to the work of God, you must be honest and say, I didn't have a fridge and I heard this same message. This same person came with this same message and I couldn't obey it. That's all. I couldn't. So I want you to be able to obey it, but not to be casting snide remarks or casting shadows or penumbra shadows over, over the message that is being preached. penumbra shadows over my message by your attitude, your face, your silence, your, your no comment. I don't have any comment to make about this. I have no comment to make about this powerful message. A powerful message, you have no comment. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. 
with me? Yes. Yes. So, you, we, we are called to take the land for God. We are called to possess the land. And how do we possess the land? We possess the land by winning souls and building churches across the land. When a country is filled with churches and when souls are won to Christ in lands, nations, and territories, the land has been taken for God. That's what it means to take, if you want to know it practically, what does it mean to take a city? It's to fill the city with churches and to win a lot of souls from that place. Depopulate hell. Reduce those in the train going to hell. For God. In that city. So whichever city it is, whether it is Canada, and I can never preach about Canada without preaching about other places. Because Jesus said, go to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus is not only interested in our little corner where we are starting or where we have, where we have been. But he is interested in the whole world. Jesus died for a world. He paid for a world. And he wants a world. You, you have paid for, I mean, you've gone to eat, you've paid for chicken, two pieces of chicken and some rice, and they brought one piece of... You rise up and say, there are supposed to be two pieces. Where's the second piece? You stand up for your right. I've gone to KFC, I took two pieces of chicken. You have put one inside. Where's the second one? And you see you causing a revolution at the KFC. So Jesus died for a world, and he will have a world. He did not die for Canada only. He did not die for rich people. He did not die for the Western world. He did not die for white people. He did not die for black people. He did not die for Asians. He died for a world. And he, that's what he paid for. And he will get a whole world, I'm telling you. I, I, have, I, have, I have little fellowship with people who don't understand these things. I don't have much fellowship with you. Just hire and buy. Or hire houses. Because my heart is filled with the mission of God. The purpose of God. Yes. Not just, you know, your little world. And focusing on God's purpose, like I was sharing with you yesterday, makes you relevant for a long time. Yes. So make sure that in sitting here, your mind is tuned to hear the word of God and obey it. Amen. Are you there or you are leaving? So let's go to Joshua, as I said to you, chapter 1. Beautiful. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, 
and go over this Jordan, thou and all these people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every soul, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I have given it to you, as I said to Moses. So, everywhere God sent you, I've given you that place. So, as you are in Canada, God has given you Canada. Canada for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, Moses, my servant, is dead. When Moses was alive, remember we were reading Numbers 13. An unfortunate passage where they were sent to the same mission. And you notice that God's purpose doesn't change. You know, somebody was asking me, Bishop, why is it that you are preaching the same thing? How do you keep on preaching the same things about the same thing? And what, what do you think? When Moses was alive, God was saying, go to this land. When Moses was dead, God's vision is still the same. Go to this same land. It doesn't change. Yeah, whether people are alive or people are not alive. I mean, it's like your little life, you get it, your funeral, your wedding, your events, your children who have come, your graduations, they, they are not affecting God's agenda. Yeah. It, it, it's just the same. Go to this land. This is what I want. Turn to Jonah. Now, in chapter 1 of Jonah, verse 1, he said, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. Like, let the preaching be against the people. Don't say good things. Speak against them. It's a very... Some way message. Okay. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish. Do you get it? That's not going to help you. When you go to Tarshish, when you go to Canada, when you go to America, when you go to Africa, it doesn't change the call of God and the mission of God. When somebody lives, somebody dies, it doesn't change it. So, when he went to flee, uh, he, he, he rose up, he paid the fare, went down from the presence of the Lord. So, when you run away from the will of God, you run away from the presence of the Lord. So, the will of God has the presence of God. Yes. The will of God has the presence of God. The will of God has the presence of God. Amen? Amen? And I can prove that to you. The will of God has the presence of God. But the Lord sent out a great... Have you got a, have you got a microphone? Read it for me. The Lord sent out 
a great tempest. All right? But, yes. mm-hmm. but the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. Mm. And there was a mighty tempest in the sea. Yes. So that the ship was like to be broken. Wow. So, God sent a wind. And it looked like a natural disaster. But it was no natural disaster. It was God himself who had sent the wind and was not happy. So you may be saying, oh, things are not working. And things are not working because you have gone away from the will of God. And going away from the will of God is going away from the presence of God. Yes. Going away from the will of God is going away from the presence of God. And going away from the presence of God is going away from peace. And is going into trouble. Yes. So you see people who are casual about going away from the will of God. You know, one, one time a brother uh, said God had called him. He said God had called him to do something. He told me personally. And then one day, he, he, he just left it and went away from doing that. So I always remember when he did that, it occurred to me that, is he not afraid? Is he not afraid? You get it? I, I think people don't realize how far, how much trouble they are going to get into in life by going away from the will of God. I think people don't realize it. How much trouble they are going into by going away from the will of God. I think people don't realize how much trouble they are going to go into. So if you are here, you know, and you are a parent and you didn't do the will of God, don't say nothing to my message. Say to the children, this is the truth. Me, I didn't obey. And look at me today. Yes. I should have. And I could have. Yes. Because those of us who went into the ministry, we have chicken to eat. We have rice to eat. We have a bed to sleep on. We have toilet we use. We have what you, what you, you also have chicken, you have rice, you have toilet, you have a bed. That's it. And we are all here. Years have gone by. We are still moving on. Yeah. I've been able to come here. Hmm. I've been able to come here. Amazing. You thought you were saving yourself with excuses. There is a wall. There are giants. There are strong people. Yes. (laughs) You are not saving yourself when you bring excuses. Yes. You are not saving yourself when you bring excuses. You are exposing yourself to danger. Isaiah 48, 17. Isaiah 48, 17. It says... Thus says the Lord, thy Redeemer. I am the Lord which teacheth thee to profit. 
and which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. Verse 18. Oh! Oh! That thou hast hearkened to my commandments. And only what listened to my commandments. Then thy peace had been as a river. And thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. If you had listened to my commandments, this is how your life would have been. Your life would have been full of peace and your righteousness. And you see in verse 17, he says that, I am the Lord, I am thy redeemer. You know, which teacheth thee to profit. You remember the song we say, I am the Lord that he led thee. So he introduces himself as a healer, but here he's introducing himself as a prosperer of people. He prospers people. Yes, I am thy redeemer, which teacheth thee to profit. So it's not just a healer. It's not just what you think, but it's also somebody who teaches you to profit. Oh, yes. And leadeth thee in the way that thou shouldest go. Yes. 21. Look at 21. Isaiah 48, 21. And they tested not. When he led them through the desert. You see, if you know a, a desert, you know how dangerous it is to be in a desert. Desert is just like the sea. You see, you see, you see water. But you can't drink it. When you drink it, you, you become more dehydrated. A desert is a very dangerous place. He says, and they tested not when he led them through the desert. Wow. He caused water to flow out of the rock for them. He cleared the rock also, and waters gushed out. Waters will be gushing out for you as you are obeying the will of God. Waters will be gushing out. I, it will be coming plenty in the desert. In the desert. That is why I say that your ability to obey God is not by saying, I have no options. So now this is it. I have options. I have good land with water, river. I have desert. God said desert. I'm going to desert. And that's why people are jealous. I don't say and I can't say the way God has blessed me. I don't say, I don't... You not you never hear me say those things. No, no, no. Because people who have walked in green pastures where there's river, rain is falling, and so on, have not drank some of the waters that I've drank. It's true. I've been drinking gushing waters out of the desert. Gushing waters out of the desert. He cleared the rock also, and waters gushed out. He claved the rock also. He cut the rock into a piece. And waters cast out. It wasn't trickling out. You know, you see some showers. When you put on the, the water, you see the water is leaking out like it's just leaking out. These are not what we are talking. We are talking about gushing waters. You know, coming here to listen to another camp and saying that, oh, Bishop, I know what he's going to say, Mr. Bishop, man. It's like the preaching doesn't benefit you if you don't obey it. That's why he said in verse 8, oh, that thou had hearkened. 
to the word. Then thy peace would have been like a river. And thy righteousness like the waves of the sea. You would have had a lot of peace. And even you would have walked in righteousness. If you had listened to me. So as we are here, don't let it be just like you are, you are hearing some words. You are wearing some you are hearing some words. Nice words. Ezekiel 33, 32. Look at it. Ezekiel 33, 32. Ezekiel 33. Amazing. He said, And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they will hear thy words, but they will do them not. Yes. Thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice. For they will, that can play well. You, have, you are a lovely song, a pleasant voice, and you can play well on an instrument. For they will hear thy words, but they do them not. They do them not. Yes. And if you look at 31, the same, the same thing. Ezekiel 33, 31. Amazing. And they come unto thee as people that come. In. They sit before thee as my people at camp meetings. And they hear thy words. But they will not do them. For with their mouth or their mouth, they show much love. With their mouth, they show much love. But their heart goeth after their covetousness. They are money-seeking lives. Hmm? You can't be sitting here listening to me preaching. I'm like a pleasant voice. A lovely song. I can play nicely on an instrument. You are hearing the words as nice things. Hey, Bishop, we will laugh. Huh? We will talk. You will say this. You will say this. It's a lovely song. They hear thy words, but they do them not. So let us walk in the might and the grace that comes in following the word of God and following the will of God. And you see, honestly, one day I, I met with one of my pastors. He was leaving. I told him, what are you doing? Because, you know, he was really working for God. Then one day he decided to go to England and he said that he's going to feather something. So he just left everything and was going to feather whatever it is that he was going to feather. I met with him and there was a group of even first love children. That time, we hadn't started first love children, but there were a group of them. They were all sitting there. And they started to question him. Why are you leaving? What are you doing? What do you want to do the work? What is it? What are you going to do there? Why this? They questioned him. Even at a point, I had to sort of cool, cool, cool them down. So afterwards, I took the brother out and I told him, I said, I'll give you transport to the airport. Take it to where you are going. But I say only one thing. Don't say. Don't say that you are doing the will of God 
rather say, I am disobeying. May God have mercy on me. It's better. Because otherwise, you are, you are walking in deception. And just ask the Lord for mercy for you. It's better. I said it will have a better outcome. Yes. Today, you should see the church he is building as a full-time missionary. Yes. After some years. Not, it was not long. When he entered into the, the mouth of the whale. Yes. He said, he went away from the presence of God. Yes. You see, doing the will of God guarantees the presence of God. John 14, 23. John 14, 23. Doing the will of God guarantees the presence of God. John 14, 23. 21 and 20. But look at 23. Beautiful. And Jesus answered, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him. Okay? And we will come to him. You see, not just that we will bless him, but we will come to him. We will, we will be present with him. Yes. We'll be present with him. And we will make our abode with him. This the presence is the reward for obedience. The presence of God is the reward for the obedience. The presence, the presence of God is the reward for obedience. And the presence of God makes a lot of difference. Genesis 39, verse 2. Genesis 39, verse 2. Beautiful. And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man because the Lord was with him. You see, the presence of the Lord makes you prosperous. And that is why you can be in Canada, but the presence of the Lord is not with you. And all you can speak of are your multiple debts and mortgages. Kamazuta Lababa. Yes. True. All you can speak of is your debts. And your mortgages, if they ask you to give, you can't give. You can't give. One day I was talking to some pastors who have lived in Europe for some time. They told me we don't have disposable income. So you don't have disposable income. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> disposable income. Fantastic. So, brothers and sisters, the presence, Jonah was going away from the presence of God. Now, after going away from the presence of God, the effects of not having the presence of God struck him. And deep down in the belly's will, he decided to repent. This is your time of repentance. And the will was forced to vomit him away. Alright? And the Lord speak to the fish. Those of you who don't really believe in the Bible, you know, if you don't believe in fantastic and supernatural, put your Bible aside and let's just 
I go and learn physics or some other subject. The Lord spoke to the fish. Speak unto the fish. Jonah chapter 2 in the last verse. Verse 10. The Lord spoke unto the fish and the fish vomited. So some of the diarrhea and vomiting you are having, it may not even be as natural as you think. Now, chapter 3 and verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, let's see whether it's going to say something different. Those of you who are saying, so Bishop, how are you able to continue on the same message you seem to be saying? I mean, you've been saying this, whatever. You see, that because God is also not changing anything that he's doing. And the Lord, I change not. Yes. You know, one day I was negotiating with some. I've negotiated with two people. Many times I negotiate with a wise person, and the person gives me a word of wisdom. I always remember. I was asking, will it not change his mind? He told me, only God cannot change. It's only God who doesn't change. Don't worry. It's only God who doesn't change. <laughs> God who doesn't change. So, I mean, he, he was encouraging us to negotiate. <laughs> he was encouraging us to negotiate. It's only God who doesn't change. So, he looked at God and what did God say? Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. No change. No change. The same preaching. Go where you are asked to go and preach what you are asked to preach. Go where you are asked to go and preach what you are asked to preach. It doesn't change. Coming up with newfangled ideas is not going to help. The gospel is the gospel. will always be the most important thing. Will be what God will bless. God will prosper. God will bless those who do His will. First John two seventeen. He that doeth the will of God abideth forever, forever. You are always relevant. You are all forever important because you are doing the will of God. Are you still around? Yeah. Or you are leaving? Amen. Isaiah 6 verse 1 In the year that King Uzziah died eh, and was buried and at his funeral I saw the Lord and where was he? He was sitting on his throne just as he's always been sitting on his throne. <laughs> Not changing God. This one lives, this one dies, this one comes, this one goes. There is no change in God. When he Uzziah that I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted, he was as great as he's always been. God has not changed. So God will not change for you in Canada. He will not change for you in America. He will not lower his standards for you. Yes. You know, one guy... He was doing a high jump. 
Do you know high jump? Yeah. And then he said he could do. He said he could do it. So they put the high jump there. And then they put the pole there for him to jump over. And he came. He ran under the pole. He ran under the pole. Straight under. Like it was a bar over his head. Because even though he said he could do it, the person who was controlling the high jump refused to lower the standard of high jump for him. So he was forced to run under. (laughs) He could not attain. He ran straight under. God does not lower his high jump because you are in Canada. Or because you are speaking with an American accent. Or because you have just arrived. Yes. Last week I called one of my bishops. And I told him, I want you to leave Ghana. I'm sending you to a town. I I mentioned a town. It's not a capital. It's in the middle of a country. Another country in Africa. This is the second time I've done it to him. In the same way. The first time, he he had a house. And he was just moving in. I think he just moved in. Then I came and I called him. I said, I want to send you somewhere. And he, he left. He never moved the house. And he, now, to I hear he has just finished building a house. He was just about to move into his house. And I've called him again and said, go to this place. Send. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw. The Lord was the same. He wasn't changing his style. Nothing. He's who he is. And when, he, when, he, when I heard that he has built this house, he was about to move and all that and so on. I didn't, I've not also changed my mind. I said, it's a good thing. Thank God that you've, you've built a house and so on. But go here. Yes. Go somewhere. Preach somewhere. Do something for Jesus. You cannot say your, your face is too nice for Democratic Republic of Congo. Relate with that. I can't relate with that. I can't relate with that. No. Yes, I can't relate with that. We are building two, you know, in Kinshasa, one on this side, one on this side, two cathedrals at the same time. Oh, yes. Thousands of dollars. Yes. Hundreds of thousands, I should say. Because it's important. You see, God died for a world. Don't, don't forget that statement. A world is what he paid for a world. And you will get what he paid for. Not what you think. So God, if you can please change your vision to just a Canadian vision. 35 million people. You think God, you see, you don't know God. God is greater than your little ideas. Yes. You know, do you know that if the whole world had a hundred people 
Only five of them would be from America. If the world, the whole world's population was 100. If the whole population of the whole world was 100. Forget about when they say, when they say 7 billion and 8 billion, you don't understand. So just take 100 units or 100 people was the whole world. Huh? Only one, two, three, four, five will be from America and Canada combined. Yeah. We are like this, five. Yeah. So you are too small. For, you want God to take 5% of what he paid for? And America and Canada are losing the spiritual battle. That is why all kinds of perversions and twisted madness and craziness have taken over. And you even wonder that the people who are at the top, are they normal? Because the Bible says, God said, and God gave them up to a reprobate mind. Because they will not want to retain God in their knowledge. Why do I say they will not want to retain God? Who is outside? Come in, please. Come in. Nobody should be outside. Or oh, oh, because of the child? Okay, that's fine. Not a problem. Not a problem. Once your baby is quiet, you can come in. Sit down. Why come to a camp and be outside? Is it fair? What was I telling you about? God gave them up to a reprobate mind. Yeah. Now, the reason why it's happening, one of the reasons why it's happening is because the church has lost focus so, on what it is. So, most pastors are old men, oldish men, hair is turning white. The characteristic, you see whitish hair on men of God. Yes, characteristic, you see whitish hair. Yes. True or not true? true. Yeah. You see whitish hair. And all focus is on just a little section. Before it was not so. The best missionaries in the world, Americans and Canadians, I don't know so much about Canadians, but I know Americans. In fact, recently I was in Guinea, Conakry. If you see our film on uh, Conakry, I don't know if he's in. There was a, there was a pastor called Pastor Bill. He was a white man. He had lived in, Con- in Guinea for so many years. Yeah. He's the last missionary I've ever seen like that. Working there. And he died suddenly. Oops, he's dead. A Canadian in Guinea. Yes. But all over the world, you have, you know, places, Americas. You know, where, where I saw this was when I was going a lot to South America. Every country I went, the church was always formed originally by an American. Yeah. All the churches. Argentina, Colombia. Oh, they're all American. Paraguay, 
in the paragraph, the, the pastor who was there was even an American. Oh, the missionary. He was telling me, he said, I don't see why I should go back to America. He said, the life I have here is even far higher. He said, people don't know. The people in America, they don't even know. White American, he was talking to me. Yeah, they have a huge church. They meet on Saturday and they meet on Sunday. That's why I saw the Saturday church. It's, it's, it's worse, yes. Saturday, four different people. Sunday, different people. I preached on the two, so I saw the two. I looked all the instrumentalists. Everybody was different. The people in the church, everybody was different. Yes. So first of church, we have started Saturday night live. We move on Saturdays now. We are becoming like Seventh-day Adventists. Seventh-day Adventists. Yes. Yes. Saturday night live. Kalamazoo. Americans, everywhere. The church was strong. They didn't have the money that they have now. But even now, the money is going down. Oh, that thou art hacking to me. Then thy peace would have been like a river. But now, now it's changed. Not interested in. You can't easily find an American to go somewhere. They tell you, if it, is this safe? What vaccines do I need? Do I have immunizations? Do you have this, this and that? Water? Can we drink the water at school? This nobody's going nowhere. No NATO to nowhere. And what's happening? And what's the result of it? Perversions have taken over. So you see the church which has stayed here. All that they do, you see that. Fight against this, fight against this, fighting against this, fighting against this. And, and they are losing. Every fight they are losing. It, it, there is no fight they are not they are, they are winning. And now, you see, he says that uh, Isaiah 48 said, I am the Lord, thy God, thy Redeemer, that teacheth thee to profit and leadeth thee in the way that thou shalt. Even to profit is gone. Because you can't prosper when you set aside the will of God. Some recently, an American who has worked for a big, big, big evangelist, I don't want to mention him, he was telling me, he said, he said, the era has changed. People are not giving. Yes. He told me. He said, he mentioned with the name of this great evangelist, he said that 5,000 of their donors can die in a year. And then there are no replacements. Like the people who used to support them say, they all go. We say that 5,000 this year have died this year. Another 5,000 have died. The people who used to give. And he said that the current people, that's Americans. He's talking from a white man's wealth. They don't give any big amount. <laughs> so even the money part is finishing. Yeah. That's good. So, I am afraid of leaving soul winning and church building. It, I, I'm scared of it. I see it as something that is linked. It's like, if you like, leave the will of God or leave what he has clearly said. Stop doing missionaries. Stop sending missionaries. Stop pushing. It's very, 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 very dangerous. Yes, he said, he said, John 14, 23, he that keeps my word I and my father will come to him 
and we will make our abode with him. We will come and we'll be present. And you see Genesis 39 verse 2. And the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man. Prosperity is highly linked to the presence of God. Highly linked to the presence of God. Highly connected. And verse 4. Genesis 39 verse 4. You see it's highly connected. And Joseph found grace inside and served him and he made him overseer over all his hands. Verse, verse 5. And it came to pass that the blessing, listen, and it came to pass on that time that he made him overseer over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for his sake. So you see that prosperity was not landing on somebody because of his association with somebody who had the presence of God. Amazing. Oh, is it not what you are reading? Look at it. And the Lord made him overseer uh, over all that he had, and the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house. An Egyptian, for Joseph's sake. <laughs> and verse 6. Amazing. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand and knew not what he had, save the bread which he did. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. You'll be well favored. I said, you will be well favored. Amen. Is it a blessing? Fantastic. Now, What's the discussion? What are we talking about? You've forgotten, isn't it? Not change the message. And I was telling you that people's prosperity, lives, everything is linked to obeying God doing his will. And the more we do his will, the more we are going to prosper. So, I want to encourage you, you know, don't be angry with the message of win souls, go out, build a church. You know, I told the pastors in America, go out. Go leave, leave here, move to other states. Start churches. I told Bishop Joel, just move on. Don't stay in one place for long. Next one, move to the next. Move to the next. Move to the next. Start a church. Let it be there. Let it grow. We are going to buy buildings. You will see the church be more and more established. That's the will of God. That's the will of God. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. Yeah, it's a blessing. There is no higher blessing than to be in his presence and do his will. God will bless you greatly as you serve him. Yes. God will bless you. And so Joshua, as you can see, was told
go to this land. You know, Idahosa said something that I always remember. He said in one of his preaching, you know, those days when I heard him, he said, God did not call me to reduce me. God did not call me to reduce him. (laughs) Or to demote me. He said, he used those words. God did not call me to reduce me or to demote me. It's true. There's no calling that reduces you or demotes you. Oh, that thou art hearkened to my voice. Oh, that thou art hearkened to my voice. Yes. Your peace would have been like a river. Your righteousness would have been like the waves of the sea. Hmm? Isaiah 48 verse 18. Beautiful. So, now God is telling Joshua, go to the land. Then somebody say, ah, they want to kill us. No, stop it. Stop those things. You see, don't say these things. It's going to destroy you. It's going to destroy your lives. No. We are going to take the land that he wants us to take. Let's quickly go back to Joshua chapter 1. Everywhere that your foot shall tread, I shall give it to you. Now, chapter 13 of the same person, Joshua. Verse 1. Now, Joshua was old and stricken in years. But you see, he was a genuine man of God. And notice what his concern was. <laughs> The Lord said to him, no change in the message. You are an old man. You see, they have already been through the desert for 40 years. Their foot didn't swell. Their clothes didn't get old. He has now come and fought in the promised land for years and possessed the lands. Look at it, old man now. Look at old man. God is back to the same topic. Huh? Thou art old and stricken in years. That means that you have been lashed by the years of your life. Your bones have changed. Your face has changed. Everything has changed. We can see that you have been stricken with years. But no change in the vision to old man. No change to to old man. Old man Joshua is being told what? There is much land to be possessed. Wow. So God, why don't you change your message? Same message to the old man. No change, no mercy, no reduction, no modification. It's about the land I want you to possess. There's no change in the message, old man. Have you seen? You see, God, God doesn't change. That's why that man whom I was negotiating with to buy something, I said, will you change him? I said, only God doesn't change. So come tomorrow, we'll discuss the price. Yes, only God doesn't change. So every one of us 
can change and must change. God is the one who doesn't change. And look at him. Old man Joshua, when he was a young man, he was a, I mean, Joshua Caleb, yes. Old man is now very old and God is talking to him about the same land. And when I look at my life, I've been a pastor for 30 years. I mean, called pastor. Yes. Pastor, like they were calling me pastor dad. It's, it's 30 years now. Yes. There's no change. There's no even. <laughs> there's no reduction or even like well done. There's nothing like that. When I stand in Canada, I feel emptiness and barrenness. It's like we should do something. Yes. Yes. When I stand in America, I just see over Panama into South America. And I see all the countries there and I say, these Americans and Canadians and people who could go to these places and could speak Spanish and enter. Not even one. Yes. Huh? It's been 30 years I've been doing this. But Joshua 13 Verse 1 is resounding like a rising bell to my spirit. There remaineth much land. The other day, I called my pastors and I said, I said, look, let us consider the words of Jesus. Go to Jerusalem, to Judea, Samaria, the uttermost part. And I said, let me take Judea. Where is Judea in relation to Ghana? So I said, okay, Judea is Cote d'Ivoire next to Ghana. On top is Burkina Faso. And on our side is Togo and Benin. You know, there are two strips. So I asked myself, have I gone to Judea? Just like this, well, go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. So have I obeyed God in going to Judea? Abidjan, Buake, Divo, Daloa, Ganyoa, Man, Abobo, Yopugon, these are places in Judea. Do I have branches? <laughs> it's been 30 years. There remained more. When I go to Togo, Atapami, Palime, Lome, Sokode, Kara, these towns, they are there lined up, the main towns. I enter into Benin, Kotonu, Bohikon, Abomi Kalavi, Port Novo, Parakuo. And these are just Judea. I'm not talking about Atamos or Samarians. And here I am. Can I be happy? When you see the lot, the much land, you want me to change the message to a financial message or what type of message? What about Burkina Faso? Wagadugu? Wayiguya? Bobo Dilaso? Fadama? Goma? I mean, the towns are there. Nobody. I need somebody to send. 
Let's say I stood in Jerusalem. What is Judea? You see, people are not interested in doing the work of it. Just go from here to here. And we'll be praising ourselves. So, man of God. That's why I said that you are like someone who is just a pleasant song who can play well on an instrument. But they hear you, but they will not do it. So that's why I sent my bishop. I said, Charlie, you are grown up. You are go. Go here. Go to Judea. I'm sending them. I'll send more. So a bishop is doesn't mean big shot. A bishop means you know, something. It doesn't mean big shot. Huh? Get to the job. Send double. Are you listening or you are not you are not understanding the message? When you look at yourself here in Canada, Toronto, and where again? Have you filled all these places with churches? Even Toronto, do you have members? I don't see people, I don't see a wide multinational representation here. Yes. I don't see you breaking out. It's true. There's a lot of other countries and other nationalities in Canada. Yes. There's no sign. There's no smell of it. Yes. Huh? Or you don't understand... You know, it's easy to praise yourselves. It's easy to praise yourselves. But you realize that you may not be doing much as you're supposed to do. Amen. Amen. Ask your neighbor, neighbor, what's going on? So that is a great blessing. Is it time for breakfast? Sure. What's the time? I need to know the time. What time is it? What time does it end? Closes our time. 10 or 11? 11. 10 or 11? I've not had a breakfast at 11.
What a blessing. How many have realized that God is not changing his message? Even to the old man. Old man. Old man, Pinana, look at your white beard. God has not changed his message to you. change the vision and the message of God. He's telling us, go and take my land. And it's not changing his message in your oldest age. It's not a, oh, now I want to focus on my family. Ah! Where were you trained? You now want to focus on your family. family. Jesus says, behold my mother, behold my brothers, behold my sisters. He who keeps the word of God, hears the word and who keeps it, this is my brother. This is my sister. Yes. And if you like, you can watch him live and see. You see that your brother and your sister are those who keep the word of God. As much as you keep it. If you don't keep it, you also are those who don't keep the word. They are your brothers and sisters. <laughs> That you become closer and closer to those who are at the same level of obedience. Yes. That's why Jesus moved more with Peter, John. When he was when Jesus was on the cross and he was dying, he didn't give, he didn't ask his mother to stay with her. I mean, those brothers, James and no, 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 no. He had five brothers. The brothers look at John, whom he was not related to. And said that mama stay with John. That's my real relative, my biological. This boy has taken the place of a biological person. It's real. It's real. So, obeying God is an adventure. Anyway, let me just tell you, this is not part of the preaching, but I find, you know, when people don't obey God, their lives look boring to me. You know, one day I was sitting on a bus. On the bus. And I've been on buses. I've even slept on buses before in the night. Night bus in London. Hey. So I wonder, look at the driver. I never thought of the driver. Why not tell the driver that? So when you wake up in the morning, you go from here to here. <laughs> and here and back to here. Six times. And you finish working. Here, 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 here. Then here, here, here. Here, here, here. And back. And I find many times people don't realize that to serve God is of the highest order of work. It it, it releases you into some level of excitement that is not found in ordinary work. Even even doctor's jobs. Even medical doctors. Because it's so specialized now that when you are so specialized, doctors become like technicians. It's like you just, maybe if it's x-rays you look at. You just look at 40 x-rays every day and write. Or if it's uh, uh, what do you call it? 
radiologist, that's what the radiologist will do, or if it's a gynecologist, you look at some particular thing every day. 40 of them. Yeah. If it's a gastroenterologist, it just looks in the anus 40 times, 20 times a day. No. If it's a dentist, they look in the tooth every day. So many mouths open. Ah! <laughs> the person breathes on it 20 times a day. Like, jobs have been so specialized. Uh, many times, but this is not part of the preaching. It's just between us. It's just, it's amazing how boring. Yes, routine people's lives are when they are not obeying God. When you take up doing the work of the Lord, then you start to see something new. I, I call my lay, uh, lay council and I give them an assignment. I said, go and build a church in Haiti. Yes, I've assigned them. They are building a church in Haiti. They started going there. Yeah. The Lycos, the Lay, the Danny Paul movement. All the money they donated. I said, go on. So I gave them all the money. I said, go. They went there to see practically. That's when they realized that building a church is not the money. <laughs> it's not the money. It's not us. It's not the money. Uh, it's more than that. But you see, it, it even just introduces some level of excitement into a boring life. Yes. Kaluma Abalo Samada Badiba. God is giving you a higher life. God is introducing some excitement into your life. Some joy into your life. That you've not had before. So you must take up the mantle. You must not reject. When you push it back, you are pushing back your life. Yes. Lift your hands. Father, thank you for this blessed moment you've given to us. To hear your word. To walk in your word. To follow your word. We praise you. We thank you. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You are blessed. Please be seated. Take out your offering. Have you got your offering? Have you got your offering? Lift it up, Father. Thank you as we give this offering with joy. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thus saith the Lord Consider your ways Oh yeah Go up to the mountain And bring the wood And build the house of God I will take pleasure I'll be glorified in it This is my will for you The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Will you build my church? Will you build my house? Will you be like Nehemiah and build the house of Getting so very little more. You have sown so much, but reap so little because of my house that lieth waste. You dwell in your own house, but my house is not built. This is the time. Upon this rock, the gates of hell. 